This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I know why, what's going on in Eretz Yisrael with all the stabbings, and we, we need to daven. You know, every, we, we had a war and, 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 in Gaza and in Shul, every, every day in Shul, wherever you went, we said Tehillim, and we had Kinnis for Tehillim. Remember two years ago, two years ago summer? And, and now... And 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 now we're doing it again in show with saying to Hillem and Kinnis and all this. Maybe Hashem doesn't want us to like stop saying to Hillem, you know. So so things happen that bring that bring Klal together. I don't know. It's very hard. We don't understand. But I do have to tell you that you know it's just it's terrible that they're stabbing. And there's a picture today of all the all the knives and butcher knives and saws and things. These guys swords and crazy stuff that they took away from the Arabs at checkpoints. There's a mission picker. I was. I don't know if I should say this, but um, the sword comes to the world. Specifically, this the sword, the knife. I mean, it's translated the the sword of war. The sword of war. That's the translation. The sword of war comes to the world. For what? Because they're not even blowing themselves up. They're, they're using knives. So the Mishnah says in Mishnah Yudalaf in Perak Hay, the sword of war, war comes to the world for the delay of justice, al-inay hadin, al-ibis hadin, and for the perversion of justice. And when we interpret the Torah decisions of Torah in opposition of the Allah, we know the Allah, but we interpret it differently. So maybe Hashem just wants more honesty. Maybe he just wants us to be honest in business and honest in interpretations and an honest in the way we do things and not to translate the Torah according to the way we want to, but to translate according to Allah. Again, this is not Rabbi Wallace's opinion. I'm just reading a mission Pegavos. the sword of war. The sword of war comes to the world. Alright. That's what it says. I don't know if that's what's going on. I'm not great enough to know what's going on. Nobody's really speaking about it. We just, you know, Rav Steinman got up today and he spoke about that if you're going to a wedding, if you're going to do a mitzvah, you don't have to worry. The mitzvah, the mitzvah will protect you. So, no one's, we don't know the reasons, but we know that every time this stuff happens, we start saying to Hillim and we start caring about our, you know, about Eretz Yisrael. We, we have them in mind all the time. And then the war was over in Gaza and summer came and we stopped doing that. And then this summer we didn't do it. And then, and now we're back doing it again. I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, in the darkness the light is that it brings, always when we're in pain, it brings Kleistrel together. Okay. So, ah, let's talk about Pasha's Beratius and then we'll talk about Pasha's Noach. So of course, there's a lot of stuff in Beratius, but we're just going to go to a certain point. So, what happened over here to the story by the story of the Etzadas with the Isha, right? What actually happened? How does a being that's created with God's hands, um, you have to remember, she, you know, the famous saying, the part of our body that Adam and Chava did not, does not, did not have was a belly button, because they had no umbilical cord, because they had no father or mother. Right? So they didn't have a belly button. That's, my Rebbe did that in fifth grade to us. And we looked in every safe and we couldn't find it. What did Adam Chava not have that we have in our bodies? And we couldn't find it. And that's, that's the answer. So, so, um, she was created by Hashem's hands. 
She didn't have human DNA, right? So, so how did she sin? How did she fall? What was the what was the nacha? She was so arum, right? Um, what was what was? How did he fool her? So it was interesting because I speak every Friday night, and um, in my in the show where I dive and I speak every Friday night for a couple of minutes, and I got up and I said um, that. Chava, that, that, that I, I spoke to my teachers in school and I told them that you have to learn something very important to what happened with Adam and Chava. That when you give over information, you have to give over the whole information. And the information has to be, you know, and don't ad lib. You know, don't ad lib. There's been many a girl that's come to me because she's not keeping Shabbos from a religious home. And she said to me, I don't believe in anything. Because I flipped on the light the first time where I turned on my phone and I didn't die. Right? I didn't die. I flipped on the light and I didn't die. I said, why did you think you would die? She said, my teacher said, if you're Michal Shabbos, you're you're going to die. So they think if you flip the light on, you're going to die right away. I said, in the whole Torah, right? No one ever died right away from being Michal Shabbos. Even the one that was Michal Shabbos in the Torah... Moshe Rabbeinu had to ask Hashem and then they gave him skill and the whole thing. He, he didn't light a fire and die on the spot because their teachers told them if you do this, you're going to die. It means you're high of Misa, but it doesn't mean you're going to die on the spot. So they didn't learn it correctly. So they flipped on a light even maybe by accident the first time. But hey, this doesn't kill you. And that's what happened. That's what happened by the Eitzadas. He wasn't clear. So, so I said when I spoke that Adam told Chava not to touch the tree. He added lib. Hashem never told, I'll tell you a bomb question, a bomb question that um, that somebody asked me. A bomb question means like a really crazy question. But uh, so, so when Hashem told Adam, if you look at the way, when Hashem told Adam, he told, he told Adam that you can't eat from the tree. He never told Adam you can't touch the tree. But Adam ad lib. When he told it over to Chava, he said, you can't eat from it, you can't touch. Now, that wasn't true. I should have never told him that. But he wanted to be an Ayyubachacham, smart person. So he told her an extra fence. If she can't touch it, she can't eat it. If I let her touch it, you can start touching it, you're going to end up eating it. You know, the bag of David chips, you start, eh. You, don't, you can't touch the bag of David chips, and you, you can't eat it. So the whole thing of Mooks on Shabbos, right? Mooks is not a mitzvah from the Torah. You can't touch the light switch. It's muksa because if I touch it, I'm going to end up flipping it. But if I can't touch it, I'm only going to end up flipping it. So he, he added this on. But Hashem never told him that. So these guys went crazy. What are you talking about? You don't know what you're saying. These guys, anything, anytime I say something, it's like, you know, so I have to prove it. Like, it's not true. Adam didn't tell her that. She ad-libbed it. Even Rashi says, Rashi says, but she had lived it. But they didn't look at the Sitzah Chachamim. And the Sitzah Chachamim explains Rashi that, that she didn't ad lib it. She repeated it. Now, let me tell you. So anyway, we had this whole discussion. So it was just very fascinating. Um, so she never heard the commandment of not eating from the tree. Because she was created after Adam was, was commanded. If you look in Voracious, Hashem says it to him. You shouldn't eat from it. Okay? 
And then later, the next passage, Hashem says, a person shouldn't be alone. And he created Chava. So Chava never heard it. So Adam heard it, right? So when the snake came to Chava, Chava should have told the snake, I don't know anything about it, I didn't hear it, right? Go to my husband. But women are not like that. Women like to talk. Hi, hi women, hi ladies who are watching my share. But women like to talk because, not because they're bad, not because they're bad, but they want to be helpful. They're maternal. Maternal. They want to help. They want to give directions. If you ever ask a woman, you're walking on Avenue Jane, you're like, can you tell me what this and this story is? She's like, oh, um, I'll show you. No, you don't have to show me. Just tell me where to, no, 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 I'll show you. Follow me. Twelve blocks she's walking with you to show you the place. Right? A guy asks you where the story is, he's like, I don't know, go ten blocks. Are you sure? I'm not sure. Yeah, somebody down there in Dubai. They, they're maternal. They, they have to have an opinion and they have to help you. It's not because they're nosy bodies. It's because they just like to help. They have dolls when they're children. They dress them. They feed them. The biggest doll that my sister, you know, when she was a kid, was they came out with this doll that you can actually give a bottle and then it wets itself and you have diapers. Everybody had to buy that doll because they want to maternally to take care of the baby. So they're, they're both, they have a lot of opinions and they, they're very, they're very into helping. The Nachash knew that. Right? So he knew the way to get to her is sort of to ask for directions. So when he met her, he said, hey, Chava, what's up? How are you doing? What's the deal with these trees? Isn't it true? Hashem said you can't eat from any of these trees. He knew that wasn't true. But he knew it's a woman. She's going to get into a whole discussion. Well, well hold on. You can't even touch the tree. Because when you touch a tree, you're going to die. And she started this whole schmooze. Right? When she should have said, I don't know. My husband heard God. I didn't hear God. Right? He'll tell you what to do. And that was her big mistake. And, and I'm, I talked about it in seminary. The Al-Tab Sikham Isha in the Mishnah. We know that, that, that affairs, adulterous affairs or... People who are not, who just shouldn't be talking, being involved with women at the point, at that point in their life. Um, they're 18, 19, or whatever it is. The, the way that, the way that girls fall in and, and guys fall in is, it's always first through talking. You, you, can, you don't, you don't get physical with the person right off. They'll, they'll smack your hand, they'll shoot you, they'll run, they'll scream, they'll call the police. You talk. That's how you talk. And when, we know that, that 99.9% of emotional relationships turn physical. It's a fact. A man gets emotionally involved with a woman, they will become physical. But only 10 to 20% of physical relationships become emotional. So a guy will go to the Zaina, he'll pay her and he'll leave. He's not marrying her. He's not in love with her. Right? So, so physical relationships don't become emotional even though um, many girls make the mistake and they're not shamini gia. They get physical with the boy they don't really want to get physical with the boy, but they think that if they get physical with him, he'll love me more and I'll, I got him. I got him. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. Just the opposite. So, so, and I just had this whole thing with the rabbi uh, just this week. Um, so I do a lot of Shalom bias, and um, the husband was not, was not happy with the physical relationship he was having with his wife. Even though, it was a very normal, even more than normal physical relationship. But he wasn't happy and he was complaining to his rabbi. So his rabbi called in the woman and the woman came to me. That's what I know about it. The rabbi called in the woman and said to the woman, you know, your marriage is not good because you're not enough physical with him. If you be more physical with him, 
then your marriage would get better. And she was like, and, and he made her feel very bad, right? Because to, to make someone feel like they're not keeping their side of the marriage, right? That they're and, and she was way, way above normal. Okay, he was a he's just a, a behemoth. So, so uh, translation behemoth is whatever it is. Um, so, so, so the rabbi told her, and so I called the rabbi up. I said, "What are you, th- what are you saying? What are you, what, what are you, first of all, you make her feel like two bits. Number one, talk to your talk to your talk to, talk to your guy a little bit to just you know be a little bit more normal. Number two, um, it doesn't work that way. The her being more physical is not going to make their marriage better." If he would be more emotional and they would have a better emotional relationship, then the physical part of their marriage would be better. You're going against the whole tide. You're wrong. It doesn't work. 99% emotional relations become physical. So if a man has an emotional relationship with his wife, the more emotional the relationship becomes, the more physical they become. But if a guy just has a physical relationship with his wife, and therefore he doesn't have an emotional relationship, and what she needs is an emotional relationship, I said, you got, you're going the wrong way. You're going the whole the wrong direction going to get worse not better it's going to get much worse because she's going to feel no matter what and i'm no good and he's going to feel like ah, well, no matter what i want more so this, this separation is just going to grow i said what are you doing rabbi where, where, where's this coming from where's this tomorrow you know idea coming from you so wrong whatever it is he says he has to rethink it he told me to rethink it to rethink it so the nachash knew this nachash knew first of all you have to understand that the nachash Okay, we're going to learn a little bit about the Nachash tonight. Some interesting uh, medrash. But the Nachash had a crazy master plan. The Nachash master plan, it's a, it, he brings down in the, um, in the Aras Chaim, it's amazing. There's a halacha that a, that a person who works, let's say, in, a, in, a, in an orchard, let's say an apple orchard, and he works all day in the apple orchard, the owner has to let the worker eat from the trees. In other words, if I'm working at a tree all day, you can't tell me I can't eat any of the apples. So part of when you pay him, is he's allowed to eat from the apples. The worker's allowed to, right? He's allowed to eat the apples. Now, when Hashem um, put Adam into the Gan Eden, Hashem Adam to watch it and to work it. See Rashi says, Tezbov. He doesn't say. Okay. But anyway, I should say, what did I see? What exactly mean to work it? Because before the Avera, there wasn't to work it. More than a rush, it's a different of Irish. What that exactly means. But Lemaise, it says that he, should, that he should work it. He talks about it also. And he should watch it. So now, listen to this. The Nakash figure like this. If I, give to, if I give her to eat, if she eats from the tree, right? And he eats from the tree. They're both going to die. Okay. Now the Nachash was in Ganeiden. How did the Nachash get into Ganeiden? He was the only animal that could stand and talk on two feet, and he could talk. So the Medrash says that Adam and Chava made a big mistake, and they wanted a servant. They wanted someone to serve them. So they brought him into Ganeiden as a servant. So he figured like this: I'm going to get them to eat from the Eitz Das. They're going to die, right? I'm going to, sooner or later they're going to die. I'm going to also eat from the Eitz Adas, and then I'm going to go eat from the Eitz Achaim, so that he knew about the Eitz Achaim, the Nachash, so that I will not die. So then, 
they will become my slaves because it says that when Adam was created, all the animals were under his control. Then the Nachash would be the king and he would be the controller. No, I'm sorry. No, the Nachash had no permission to eat. He could not eat from the Etadas. The Nachash was created, he could only eat grass and vegetation. He couldn't eat from the Etadas. So how was the Nachash going to become bigger than them, right? The Nachash said that once, once, they die, once they die, they're going to eat from the tree, they're going to die. So now I'm the only one left in the garden. I'm going to be left in the garden, so I'm going to have to take over the work. The other was working in the garden. I'm going to take over the work. Halacha is that wherever you work, you have to, the Torah says you have to be able, you have a right to eat from the fruit of where you work. So if I'm working in the, in, in the Ganeiden, as a halacha in the Torah, I'll be able to eat from the Eitzah. Now, see this master criminal mind. In a master criminal mind. But really, most of the portions say he was after Chava. He was in love with Chava. He saw, Rashi says that he saw Adam and Chava together as man and wife, and they were talking lovingly, and he was jealous, and at that point he made up his mind that he was going to get Chava. He made a big mistake. He thought, because, because, because women's diet and they're, they're not so uh, callous, they're weak, he thought that she, because she was the wife and, and Adam was the husband, that she would take from the tree and give it to Adam. And then Adam would eat from the tree, Adam would die, and he would get Chava. He didn't think, right? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't figure on that whole Chava eating from the tree first, whatever it was. She, she he told her, he never told her to eat from the tree. Guys, look in the, look in the Pasuk. You will never see that the Nachash told her to eat from the tree. He just told her, No, he didn't say don't touch it. He says, you won't die. Hashem knows that when you're going to eat from the tree, your eyes are going to open up and you're no good from bad. But Tera Isha, and then she took from the tree. He never said take from the tree. The Nachosh never told her to, to eat from the tree. He didn't tell her to eat from the tree. He thought she's going to pick from the tree. What's she going to do? Eat it first before your husband? She's going to give it to her husband. Boom, her husband's going to die. And he's got her. That was his. He wanted. He wanted. He wanted Chava very much. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Zoyer on this. And it says that he raped her. That the Nachash put Zuama, and that's why she. That's why. That's why a woman is tame. The Nida. Why is she tame? What's this whole Nida thing? So the whole Nida tame thing is because of what the Nachash did to her. There's a whole Zoyer on this, whatever it is. Which comes to there's a bomb question. What's the bomb question? The bomb question is that when Hashem created them, they were one. The Torah tells us, if you look at the Psukim, it says, Bara, He created them, Zachav and Ekeva. Right? So he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't create them as two different people. He created them as one person. Where is the Pasuk here? Um, six day, six day, six day. Six day. Yivre Elohim, Esa Adam, Etzama, Etzama, Elohim. Bara Oso, he created one being. Oso him, Zachu Unakeva Bara Oisam. So it went from him to them, right? Because it says that on his back, on his back was the Nakeva, was his female counterpart. So he was created Zachu Unakeva. Now, if that's the case, here's the question: If that's the case, she was then on his back. When Hashem told Adam not to eat from the tree. So what do you mean she didn't know? She was on his back. She was right there. What? She was on the tree at the time. She was. This was before. 
On the sixth day, when they were created, they were created male and female as one being. So this is the bomb question. So the bomb question is, if she was on his back when she was created, then when Hashem told him not to eat from the tree, she was there. So if she was there, she heard the same commandment. So I'm not going into this, just a little teeny bit. What happened was that they were separated. And because Hashem saw, which is interesting, this is just a beautiful shot, that Hashem saw that he was lonely, that, that it's not good for a person to be alone. But he wasn't alone, right? He had her on her back. But that's not a relationship. In other words, because they, could have, they did not face each other. So when Adam turned this way, if, if her face is on the back, so when Adam turned this way, her face went that way. When Adam turned this way, her face went the other way. When Adam looked up, she looked down. Whatever he did, she did the opposite. Automatically, it's on your back. That's not a marriage. A marriage has to be facing each other. And that's why in Ziva, when a man and husband are together, they have to be facing each other. Zivug is facing each other. Not what the way man was created when they did not face each other. They were back of the head to the back of the head. Now that woman that was on his back was not Chava. That woman that was on his back, Desire says, I don't want to say her name, but when Hashem split them, that became the wife of the, of the Nachash. That became, what's her name? It starts with a Lamed, with an L. And she is actually much worse than the Nachash, than, than the Satan. She's much worse than the Satan. And she's the one who gives birth to Shadim and Mazikim, and when a boy does an Avera, those cells are part of her, and from them come the children which are called Nega, um, which is called disease. All the diseases come from her. And she's the one who comes at night in your dreams, and, and she's bad. She's bad to the bone. She's bad. She's really bad. And she was separated, so... so when they were no, I think after they were split. But then Hashem created Chava because it had to be a had to be a separate had to be a separate being. So so the Nachash had a female counterpart, but there was no emotions. She had no emotions, and he was jealous of of what he saw that he saw not the physical act because the animals have the physical act, but he saw that they were talking chiba husband and wife, they were talking very loving things, he was very jealous of that so the Nachash's source we need to know, it's very important the source of what the Nachash was was 100% jealousy he was a being of, of pure jealousy but he used that he used that as his strongest weapon because until he told Chava, he didn't have Chava he he asked her a question. She said, this tree you can't eat from. He pushed her into the tree, right? And there's many kashas on this. It's a fantastic kasha. He pushed her on the, into the tree. She didn't die. So he said, because she ad-libbed, right? He said, just like you didn't die when I pushed you in the tree, you won't die if you eat from the tree. Here's a fantastic question. Why didn't you tell the that you know what, you eat first. We'll see if you die. If you don't die, I'll eat from it. If you do die, then I know you're lying to me. How do I know you're telling me the truth? Why don't you tell them to eat first? If someone comes and tells you, listen, this is good fruit, you won't get sick from it. Okay, you know the story with the kings. The kings, any time before they ate, they had a taster. Because they were, they were scared they got poisoned. So, 
So they would have this guy taste. He dropped dead. They know there was poison in it. So why don't you tell him? So you're telling me I'm not going to die if I eat from the tree. Okay, take a bite. Let's see what happens to you. He was the Yitzhar. He was from outside. So what happened is no. What happened was the following. If you look at the parsha, the Nachshavah told her to eat from the tree. So, 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 so she would never tell him you eat first. He never told him to eat from it. You'll never see that he told her to eat from it. So he's godless. His greatness was that he knew that he could get her to eat from the tree without telling her to eat from it. How did he do that? How did he get her to eat from a tree that she was told not to eat from without even telling? He never told her. He said, "You're not going to die." He said, "You say eat from the tree. You can't point your finger and say nachashuto." So this is what he did. He was very brilliant. He knew that the mida that he had, which was what he infused in her, right, was the mida of kina, was the mida of jealousy. So she, she was very innocent. She was like. God said, you can't touch from it, you can't eat from it, you know, and, and that's it. She never knew anything about Toiv and Ra. When, when Adam told her not to eat from the tree or touch the tree, which was his big, big mistake, because that's what I told the teachers, he should have told her, Hashem told me, don't eat from the tree. I'm adding to it, because I want to protect you, don't touch the tree. Then this whole thing wouldn't have happened. He told her, Hashem said you can't eat or touch from the tree. You have to be very clear when you're like just telling a kid, if you touch a light on Shabbos, you're going to die. No. Yechayim Misa, not you're going to die. And you can do tshuva. You have to be very clear when you tell somebody, especially if you're adding, right? If you're adding ad-libbing. So this was his genius. He was an Arab. What was his genius? His genius was the following. He told her, he told her, the last words he said to her was, listen, there's something about this tree that you don't know. And what you don't know about this tree is, God knows that when you eat from this tree, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like God. God has something you don't have. And what is that? God has the ability to know the difference between good and bad. So what he put into her was jealousy. What is jealousy? Jealousy is you have something that I don't have. Even though I don't need it, many times we're jealous of people, we don't even need it. It's like, the kid's not even driving it, but he's jealous he doesn't have that car. My father doesn't have that car. Who gets your father has it, right? Sometimes we're just jealous of things that we have no, we have no shaykhs to. Jealousy, so when he said to her, instead of eating from the tree, he just said, you know, by the way, Hashem has something you don't have. What happens? Torah tells us something crazy. Torah tells us, she, 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 she knew the tree. He found her by the tree. That's where he met her. So she wasn't going to eat him from the tree. Why, would the, why now? Why after talking to him, yes, and, and before that, not? And the answer is, listen to what happens. The woman sees that the, that the, that the fruit is good to eat. You don't see that fruit is good to eat. You taste that fruit is good to eat. If I put a fruit on the table right now and said, guys, I don't know, some of you guys had Shekhyano's Rosh Hashanah, so they were selling all these weird fruits. So some of them were really good, and some of them, you can't even make an Ashiyatz on. They were like so terrible, it was, it was so disgusting, that you know, you're not even making Shekhyano. So you can't look at a fruit. Some of them are really ugly. Some of them, there's a fruit called ugly. 
right? So, so how do you how can you say that she looked at the fruit and she knew it was good? You have to taste the fruit. And the answer is when you're jealous, when you're jealous, everything's good. In other words, if you have something I don't have, it's got to be good. But you didn't even try it. How do you know it's good? I don't care. It's got to be good. You have it and I don't have it. So what happened? All of a sudden, the same tree that she was standing at half an hour before, she had no Yitzhahara to eat from the fruit. Oh, Hashem has something I don't have. But Teira Isha, Kitoiva eats Lamachal. That's really something good to eat. And then it became a taiva, became a lust. The nechmad who ate. Nechmad is, uh, how you say nechmad in English? Nechmadat, nechmadat. Cute. No, it's more than cute. Beautiful, right? whatever. But the haskil, and, and, and it's going to give me seichel. It's going to give me a... Then my tikkah mipir Then she took from the tree, from the fruit, from the fruit. And she ate it. So what happened over the snake never said anything. All he said was, God has something you don't have. And that was the root and the cause of all the evil that happened. Every most evil is based on jealousy. We don't talk Lashon Hara on Martians. We don't talk Lashon Hara on bananas. We don't talk Lashon Hara on people that are not like us at all. We talk Lashon Hara on people that challenge us. I have something that I want to have, so by putting him down, that makes me feel good. I don't. Talk, I don't stop. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna talk about Lashon Hara maybe about another kid that I'm jealous of his, his girlfriend. I'm jealous of his of, of his knowledge. I'm jealous of his wife. Whatever. But if I have nothing to do with the person, why would I talk Lashon Hara on them? So the whole affair of Lashon Hara of stealing, Geneva. If I steal something you have, that means I believe that I should have something that doesn't belong to me. It's also. It's also. It's also based on jealousy. If I. Appreciate everything that I have. I would never steal. So stealing, adultery, taking somebody else's wife. Why are you taking somebody else's wife? Right? Because he has this wife and I don't have this wife. So I want to have something that's, I want to have something that's forbidden. The forbidden fruit. It's all based on, on jealousy because the first Avera was based on jealousy. But the Satan's source of who he was, the reason that he was after the woman, his source, the Satan himself, his source was based on jealousy. That he saw Chava and he wanted her. Right. So Rashi says, first of all, he made he he. Um, you want to hear a crazy medrash? How? You're not going to believe this. I have to read you this medrash. I didn't want to say it because ladies won't like this, but the medrash says that first of all, the medrash says that um, that the Eitzadas was a vine, was wine, was grapes, and she took the grapes and, and um, squashed them and made wine out of it and brought him the wine. But it says that he did know, he had an idea that it might have been from the Tadas. Listen to this. Pretty much I could tell it to you, but I know that if I say it, it's going to be online and then everyone's going to call me and say, oh my God, specifically women, where did you get that from? She actually cried so much in front of him that he couldn't say no anymore. He knew it was wrong. But she used her woman thing. And so what, one major says she screamed at him so much that he couldn't handle the screaming anymore. And the other, seriously, the major says. He knew it was wrong and he ended up eating from it because she just screamed at him so much that he said, you know what? Okay, here, fine. It's this major. And the other major says that she cried and cried and cried until he couldn't handle it anymore. And the major says, a woman's tears. Uh, I'll have to find this for you. I don't know, and I'm not sure if it's a... Um, so it's a Medjish Tachuma or it's a Medjish Rabbah. Hold on. Is it a 
No, he didn't want any part of this. He did not want any part of this. And there's a Rashi. No, he didn't want any part of it. It doesn't say that anywhere, though. But Shem's telling you that you're going to do an Avera. Um, it's going to make you go further away from a fish also, right? I think it's a Medjushab. It's not a Medjushab. But anyway, it does bring it down that she yelled at him enough until he couldn't handle it anymore. Let's just see fast. No, it's not. It's a Medjushab. You look it up in the Medjushab. But anyway, so also, it's just, it's a Rashi. Rashi says, why did she give him from the tree? She was way above him. I talk about this all the time. Why, why would she give? She knew being Rashi. She was like God. Adam was walking around. He didn't know good and bad, so he was the perfect husband. Oh, I just burnt. I just burnt dinner. Everything's good. You know, I didn't do the laundry this week. Everything's good, right? He only knew good. There was no bad in his life. Perfect husband. So why did she give him to eat from the tree? She was now above him, way above him. So Rashi says, Rashi says, ladies don't like this Rashi, but it's, Rashi says, she gave him also to eat. So it says, passing vav, Rashi says, Ratita Gamlisha, Shalai Thomas he, Yichyahu. She said, there's no way if I'm going down, you're going down. If I ate from the tree and then one day I'm going to die, I, then you're going to die. So she gave it to him to really kill him. Why would she do that? Because so, she said, there's no way that I'm going to die and you're going to live forever and then you're going to marry someone else. There was no one else. There was no one There was no one else. And the answer is that when you're jealous... Doesn't make any sense. But he has, he has more. Maybe what? I don't. I don't. You're not going to live, and I'm going to die. Because maybe some far-fetched thing. No way. That's not the way. And that's that is the power of jealousy. It doesn't make. It, it's not logical. I see people that have money that are that have so much money, and they're jealous of the other guy who has more money. He, this guy, if he gave, he has so much money that he, he has enough for his great 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 grandchildren to live. Right? And he's jealous because this guy just flipped the building and made double the... What do you, what do you, what, what, and the answer is, the answer is, it doesn't make it... Jealousy doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any logical sense. You can be jealous of someone that you don't even need the thing that he has. Well, why does he have it and I don't have it? That's the first of error. And what happened? That killed Cain and Hevel. That killed Hevel. Because she had that DNA. That was her DNA from the first of error. And Hevel was killed because of jealousy. And Yosef and his brothers were still suffering today by Ikanu by Achiv. They were, they were Shvatim, by Ikanu by Achiv. It's in the DNA of our Yetzirah is, is to be jealous. We're jealous of our friend's house, we're jealous of our friend's wife, we're jealous of, we're je- we're jealous of everything. And, and, and it's something that's very hard. It's something you have to work on. How do you work on jealousy? And when you Hakarasatov is the the antithesis of jealousy. Hakarasatov because if I appreciate what I have, I don't care what you have. If I feel that I'm supposed to have, Hashem gave me a quarter, and that's what I'm supposed to have, then you have a dollar has nothing to do with me. What do I care? So Hashem right away threw him out. He knew he was going to eat. He was going to do that. By the way, the Eitz Chaim, 
according to the Zayar, was the Torah. Eitzchayim Hilo Machazigimba was the Torah. And because they ate from the Eitzadas and knew that, and now they knew Ra, there was no way that he could get the Torah at that point. It had to, it had to be, the Tikkun had to come all the way down till Klai Yisrael was Makabal Torah by Hashinai. We said Nasev and Ishma. So that's a, yeah, it was, it was, Eitzchayim was the Torah. And it was sitting in the middle of Ganeid. And, and, and had he waited, the Zayar says, the Torah was supposed to be given, given to him on Shabbos. Shabbos is very holy. So, had he waited till Shabbos, which was a couple of hours, he, the Eitzah Das would have been the food of Shabbos, the soothe of Shabbos, and he would have gotten the Torah on Shabbos. Well, because he ate from the Eitzah Das and he brought Ra, it was the wrong time. I should have to throw him out. That's why he threw him out. Very fascinating. A lot of stuff happened first, the first bit. A lot of stuff, and he, and he got thrown out of Ganadin, and, and, and the thing that he took from Ganadin that's brought down is, is music. Hashem said, You can take one thing from Ganadin, it's amazing. Hashem said, You can take one thing from Ganadin, and what is that? You can take music. And how do we, how do we know that, that, the, that the, about music? Because we see that you can't bring a carbon in the base of Migdash, you can't bring a carbon without music. So, what does. What why do you need music in the base of Megdash? And the answer is, it's from the other world. It's, 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 music is a very spiritual thing. And the, the, it's brought down a Chabakuk um, that, that there was no Navi, there was no Navi except Moshe Rabbeinu that could say Nevius without music playing in the room. You could not get Nevius. Yechesko, Yemiyo, you could not get Nevius without music. Music came from Ganadin. Of course, the door of Ganadin is, of course, from Gehenim. So there's the music from Ganadin, but there's also music from Gehenim. Music has a has a music has a crazy power. It's a crazy power. It can make you happy, it can make you sad. Music emotions. Right? One of my proofs to atheists, I'm, I'm all over the place tonight, but one of my proofs to atheists um, who don't believe in the in, in this don't believe in God, also one of the main things they don't believe is in Ayla Haba, is a new world, is the next world. I tell them, What are you talking about? You're living in the next world all the time they're like what are you talking about I'm like you're living in the emotional world we live in a physical world but we're also very emotional we get hurt we get insulted right um, we, we love we hate and and the the emotional world controls the physical world a person who's very down emotionally very broken and very depressed will kill themselves they will kill their physical body because of the emotional pain not physical pain people don't usually kill themselves from physical pain but they kill themselves from emotional pain. Not only that, to go to a different level. Um, so I don't, I don't talk about this a lot. It's not something I really want to talk about. But one of the things that girls do a lot who are in pain, some boys do, but I haven't seen it that much by boys. But I see it a lot by girls. Is something called cutting. They 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 take razors and knives and they actually cut their body. They cut they cut into their body. Um, so there's different kinds of cutting. There's attention cutting, which is on the arms, just so everyone can see it. But the real cutters, the real cutters, cut on the inner arm, which is over here, which is, if you take a needle and stick it in the, over here, this is one of the most sensitive parts. But even more, that, more than that is inner thigh. Inner thigh, your inner thigh, is probably the most sensitive skin in your whole, on your whole body. You, you take a fork and stick it there, you'll be like crazy, right? There are girls who cut so deep that they need stitches on inner thigh. So, What's going on? So when I first got involved in this, right, I, now I understand it very well. What's going on is, and you think this is something new, right? This is, not, this is in the Torah. You know where it says, you're about cutting in the Torah? 
everything's in the Torah. There's nothing not in the Torah. I told this I was in a big place in a in, 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 in a in a rehab, whatever, and I and they and they were talking about cutting, and I'm like, it's in the Bible. Like, who cut in the Bible? I'm like, I'll show it to you in the Bible. I showed it to them. I'll tell you in two seconds. So anyway, what what's going on over here? So why does someone cut? Because they're in such emotional pain, right? They can't handle it anymore. So they do something that's physically painful. So when they're in the physical pain, they don't feel the emotional pain. That's what cutting is based on, okay? So we see the emotional world can cause you to kill yourself, can cause you to cut your body to pieces. So what, what runs what? Does the physical world run the emotional world? Or does the emotional world run the physical world? So when you're very depressed, you can't eat. The emotional world totally runs the physical world. Totally. Totally. Even, even in physical acts, right? If a person's very depressed, parts of his body don't work. The, the physical body is controlled 100% by the emotional person. By the way, we're the thing in the Torah, so there's a lot in the Torah. There's a lot in the Torah that from the, from, it's an either MR or Kedoshim. So the Lav says, you're not allowed to pull your hair out, and you're not allowed to cut yourself like the Kananim did when someone dies. So the Torah says that in, in, my, in, in the olden days, when someone died, so the people were mourning, they were wailing, they were in pain, so they used to pull their hair out, or they used to cut themselves so that they don't feel the pain. So I showed it to them, they were like, wow! In the times of the Bible, the Bible talks about it. I'm like, yeah, the Bible talks about everything. Specifically, it says you're not allowed to cut yourself like the Canaanim. You're not allowed to cut yourself when someone dies. So it's not something new. It's something very, very old. So we see very much that the emotional world totally controls the physical world. Now, all of us, there's no one in this room that can get up and say, I don't, well, I don't believe in the emotional world. You're living it. You can't deny it. You can't deny it. Right? You can't deny it. So, I tell them, you don't want to call the next world a spiritual world, but it's definitely an emotional world because when, when you take, when you, you can't kill an emotion. So you can kill the person's body when he dies, but that emotional person, Yaakov, let's say, Yaakov Schwartzberg, that emotional Yaakov Schwartzberg is still a being. So the physical body you put into the ground, but the emotional being goes to the emotional world. And the emotional world can't be measured. Hashem didn't give us our five senses, and they, have, they can't argue with me on this. Our five senses cannot measure emotions. In other words, the guy walks in here, I don't know who's happy here. You can smile at me and be, and Chatham jump off a bridge tonight. You can be miserable. Smiling doesn't mean that you're happy. I don't know what's going inside. You could look sad and be the happiest guy in the world. You just don't, you just don't express it well. You could love me and not express it. You could hate me and smile and say, hey, Rebbe, what's going on? So, so there's no way, there's no measurement in the world, in the physical world for emotions. No CAT scan, no MRI, no sonogram. You can't weigh it on a scale. You can't measure it with a, with a yardstick. It's a different world. And we weren't given the tools in the physical world to be, e- to be able to see that world. We can't see it. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't touch it. We can't smell it. All the senses that Hashem gave. So, these guys I'm saying like, so now sit here in front of me and deny me that there's another world. You can't because you're living in it. And they're sitting there like, uh, well, it's, uh, I'm like, 
you can't deny that you know that there's another world so the problem and I spoke about this this week the problem is that and, and that's why the mission says im isha. a man and woman should not speak should say a man and woman shouldn't touch each other they should, they should speak to each other big deal what's wrong you know, what's wrong with speaking I get this all the time from guys what's wrong with speaking with a girl and girls are like what's wrong with speaking with a guy what's wrong speaking to a big deal like rabbi don't get crazy right I'm speaking to him what the mission says a guy who talks to girls in the end you're going to go to hell come on come on talking to a girl come on calm down and the answer is that they understood the Chachamim that physical relationships don't start with physical they start with emotional and an emotional relationship starts with what? talking you can't I can't get emotionally involved with you if I don't talk to you maybe now with texting but I don't think that's very emotional right? so so, so the emotional relationship has to start with talking so the mission says you're going to start talking to her right? then you're going to start developing a relationship you can start developing relations. Now, everyone who's listening to this shit is going to say, well, this is right. I know some guys like that, but I'm different. I could talk to women, and girls will say, I could talk to guys. And the Yetzirah's biggest word is, I'm different. But the, the halakh is, we're not different. We're not different. We, 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 we were created this way. We were created to talk to our wives. We were created to, to develop an emotional relationship with our wives, which will cause us to be more physical that's what's supposed to happen but not with other people so that was his mistake her mistake was that the Nachash just wanted to talk to her he met her he started talking to her she should have said listen I don't do I, I don't know I wasn't there I don't know this talk to my husband the whole thing would not have happened I have this all the time in college girls end up with, with, with Muslims and Goyim and they went to like Queens College and this guy like how did this girl it right and it ended up very innocently she's in class and the guy the, the non-Jewish person walks over to her and he says you know I've been watching you and you're so different and maybe you know and, and, and I, I, I'm interested in your religion and, and like does the Torah say that you should dress this way now women have this weakness that they're maternal they want to help so she's right away no, uh, we learned it in class, or we learned it in school, and he's like, listen, I have more questions, I might be writing a paper on Judaism, so could you give me your email? And, yeah, 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 and that's how it starts, and, and then, there was a girl that mamish, I'll tell you a story that I know, a fact, a girl, um, she was in Queen, in Brooklyn College, she was in Brooklyn College, or maybe it was Queen College, I'm not sure, maybe Brooklyn or Queens, the professor gave them a project, and there were Christians and Muslims, Christians and Muslims and Jews. And the professor said that I want you to go into two different religions. Go Buddha, you go to a Buddhist temple, whatever it is. And I, I want you to go into these two other, and I want you to write a paper on how they pray. Okay? So all the Jewish girls in the class said, we can't write such a paper. Because we're not allowed to go into a church. And we're not allowed to go into a, uh, a mosque. <coughs> So the teacher, who was I think even Jewish, of course this whole, did this on purpose. So he said, all the girls who are Orthodox Jews, if you don't want to do this report, then you need to write me a report on why the Jewish religion is steered 
to allow its people to go into other religions and other religions are not scared like what are you guys what are you scared of he was a, he's a, he's a, a mushkas anyway so this girl, a girl came to how do I know about the story because this girl came to me and said I don't know why but why why can't I go to a church and why can't I go into a mosque okay so whatever that meanwhile after class this this Muslim guy walked over to one of the Jewish girls and said I don't, I don't understand like I'll come to your temple you know I'll, I'll go to shul and I'll go to a church and and and, 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 and the, the Islam religion is not scared that because I went into someone else's church we're very secure in who we are you Jews seem to be very insecure that if you come watch us pray once that the Jewish rabbis are scared you're going to be one of us so he was like right and she started talking to him and she started talking to him and she explained the Jewish religion the Nakash Chava you know and do that you can do that you can do that okay in the end she ended up with him she ended up with him so that's that's what happened in Pashat Barashas the whole world went down because she should have told the Nakash I don't talk to snakes number one number two if you want to know about the tree Right? And God, the tree, which you eat, what are you asking me for? Asked my husband. But because she got into conversation, he was very smart. And he developed this relationship. He pushed her and said, You didn't die, and I really care about you. And don't you want to be like God? Now, she thought, it rings down, that she wasn't sure that he really cared about her and wanted her to eat from the tree and be like God. She knew that he was jealous. And she was thinking, that he wants me to take the fruit and give it to my husband exactly what he wanted and my husband would die so the parish that says she ad-libbed the machlaikas if Adam told him or she made it up so the parish says ask the question if she knew the chidah brings this down a bunch of mafashim listen carefully if she knew according to the rabbis that say she made it up Adam said, don't, don't eat from the tree. She made up, don't touch the tree. So one second. If she made it up, then him pushing her into the tree shouldn't have been a proof that what Hashem said isn't true. Because if, if she made up and you're not allowed to touch the tree, you're going to die. Then he pushes her in the tree. She's like, wow, I didn't die. What do you mean you didn't die? You made that up. So of course you didn't die. So, so, so why did that fool her, touching the tree? So she does says something negative. He said, she wasn't sure if he was doing this for her good because she wanted him, he really loved her and wanted her to be like God or he just wanted her so that he wanted Adam to die. She would give Adam to eat from the tree and then he would take her. Does he really care about me or is he looking to get me from my husband? So what did she do? She was brilliant. She was brilliant. So she tells the Nachash, listen, God said that if you touch the fruit, you're going to die. So now she knew he wanted her to take the fruit and give it to Adam. But if you're going to die when you touch the fruit, she's dying also. So she wanted to see what he would say at that point. The problem was that the Nachash then pushed her into the tree. So when the Nachash pushed her into the tree, if he, if, he, if he was looking to kill Adam 
and save her for himself after she told him, I'm going to die if I touch the tree. Why would he push me into the tree? It must be that he's not looking to kill Adam and, 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 and have me. He wants me to have from the tree. Because if he, if she told him, I'm going to die if, he touch, if I touch the tree. So he pushed her into the tree. She said, ah. Oh. So then he, he, he's not saving me for himself because he, he would think that I'm going to die. You understand? So she made up that whole thing in her head. And in the end, when she saw that he pushed her into the tree, that it wasn't that he wanted to kill Adam, but that he really wanted to help her be like Hashem, that's when the whole thing went down. That's when she developed a relationship, when, when Chava developed a relationship with the Nachash. Okay, so I want to end with, uh, I mean, there's so much. I, I, I could talk here all night, but we're not going to talk here all night. So, I want to tell you something fascinating. Could you do me a favor? Get me a Mishnah Chalik, the first Chalik. Get a Mishnah Bura Chalik Rishon. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to save Pashnach. I have, I have a, you want you know you know my fa- my famous thing with the uh, with the with the vine in this week's Pash with the Karam, with the wine, huh? You remember what I said with the monkeys and the pig and the whole story? Yeah, most of you guys heard this. You don't you don't know this, okay? You know, but I'm I'm going to Mitch. I'm going to save it for next week because I have a whole thing on Noah of of was he a good guy or not a good guy. But the of it's very mixing up. Was he a good guy? Was he not a good guy? In other words, in this door he was a good guy, but who been Abraham's door he would have been a nobody. I have a lot of tire on that, and part of that is is about this uh, about about the about the vineyard. But I, I got to share something with you that just that came up this week, which is um, which is amazing. So I said a long time ago, and I think this is very important for all of us. I said a long time ago that. You can't give Musser. You can't, you can't tell someone else to do something if you yourself don't do it. You could. You could tell anyone anything. But it won't work. And I explained that, like, if I... If I have an iPhone at home, none of you know about. Alright? I got this phone here. But I have an iPhone. And I, I'm not saying I do, but if, let's say I had an iPhone at home. And I go home and I use my iPhone all night. When I come here, I play like I'm a tzaddik, Right? So even if I come here and I give you the best share in the world, and you guys are on a high, and you walk out and you're like, Rebbe, I'm throwing my iPhone in the garbage. In the end, you will not, you will not gain anything. Why? Hashem will not allow that if my, I'm not trying like buy right, if I'm preaching something that I don't keep, then I don't have the ability to bring you up on that level, because I don't keep it. Now, if I, if I talk to you about, I don't watch movies, and I talk to you about movies, right? And I'm giving an unbelievable share with stories, with this, with that, with everything. But I talk Lashon Hara all the time. I talk Lashon Hara like crazy. I don't eat kosher even all the time. But in the subject, right, of Shmir Zainayim, I am so careful that I can give you, Musa, I, I could give you over that and you will grow from it. In other words, you don't have to be a tzaddik in Aleph, Aleph. You don't have to be a tzaddik Right? You don't have to be a tzaddik to be to give Musa. If I don't talk in Dav, if I don't talk by davening, right, ever, I never talk by davening, and I give you a share by not talking in davening, you will grow from it. But if I talk in davening, and I give you a share about talking in davening, if you walk out here, you will end up talking in davening. Why? Because your soul, your heart and your soul knows I'm a liar. 
even though your brain, you hear my speech, you look at me, Rebbe, you're a tzaddik, and this and that, right, my Rebbe, but your heart and soul knows everything that I'm doing wrong. So, it, I speak Russian heart, I'm giving you a share about movies, your soul is not going to, is not, is, is okay with that, right? But if I'm talking to your soul about movies, and I myself don't keep it, your soul's like, no, how do we know this? Varim hayoytim and alev. It's nothing alev. Guys, what does that mean? Varim hayoytim and alev. Words that come out of your heart, go into the other person's heart. Do words come out of your heart? Words do not come out of your heart. Your heart doesn't talk. Words come out of your mouth. But it doesn't say, words that come out of your mouth, go into your ears. It says, which means that what I'm really about, right, my heart is talking to all your hearts. So even though I might be fooling all of you, and you're looking at me and you think, who knows what? Your heart knows what I'm doing wrong. Specifically in the things that I'm speaking. Okay. Now, when I spoke about this a while back, I got a lot of flack. And people said it's not true. It's not true. A heart doesn't talk. What it means, what it means is, if I get up and give a speech, and I'm unemotional, and I'm like, black and white, you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this. So it's logic. And many of you are going to fall asleep, and the rest of them that are not falling asleep, it's going into your head, but it's logic. But means someone who speaks emotionally, Charlie Harari, right? Emotional speakers, Rebbe's emotional. If I talk emotional, you listen emotional. So they were telling me, no, Rebbe, it's not true. My heart doesn't know what's going on, and what you do, what you don't do, what, what is true, it's not true. It, it, it means, draw my yates a guy who talks with heart. And who talks with heart goes into the other person's heart, which is true. An emotional speaker, people like, get emotional. A guy who doesn't speak with emotion. I said, that's not what it means. That's not what it says. It says, dvarim. It says words. And we ended up at this disagreement, and I don't know how many guys in this room or people are listening agree with me, but I know, first of all, you know that, we know that by many stories, by, um, by dibukim, dibukim, where, where souls took over other people's bodies, that when people would walk into the room, the body, the soul from the, would say everything that everyone did wrong. So we know that they see each other. There's nothing to talk about. They definitely see each other. Okay. So I'm, I learn every single morning. Um, I learn every single morning with my Rabbeinu Tom's Tulin. I learn Mishaburu. So I am now up to Kriyashima. Listen to this. Was this okay? Ready? Says the Mishabura, something even harder to understand. If a person's in a mikvah, so a person's in a mikvah. Where are you? Here we are. Okay, listen carefully. This is in Ayin Dalid, Hilchus Kriyashma Ayin Dalid, Sif Beis. Haroichet Orum Bamayim Tzululim. A guy 
is bathing in a river. Clear water. The right to Lishkais. He wants to take a drink. He has to cover himself with some type of cloth underneath his heart. In order that his heart should not see his bottommost parts, his erva. Okay? So what's going on over here? So, Mishra talks about a whole thing on this, but the halacha is as follows. If you say Kriyashma in the morning, you put on a robe. You have no clothes, no underwear underneath. Right? You put on a robe. But you don't tie, you don't have a tie. Right? The, the robe has buttons. You don't have a, you don't have a gata, you don't have a, you don't have a belt. You're not allowed to say Kriyashma. Why? Because your heart, there's no separation between your heart and your bottom, and your bottom extremities. You have to have a belt. So if you're in a river, which is clear, right? So you want to make a bracha, first of all you have to put something on your head, but outside of your head, you have to cut, you have to put something. Now the halacha is, that that something has to be below your heart. In other words, if you, if you, you come out of the shower, you wash your hands, you have a towel, okay? You wrap yourself in the towel till here, right? You have a big towel, you wrap the towel underneath your arm, so you're covered till here. You can't make a bracha. Because your heart is underneath the towel and it sees your erva. But if you take the same towel and you wrap it around your waist, you can eat, make a bracha, daven, whatever you want. What's going on here? What do you mean that the heart sees the erva? A heart has no eyes. And the heart is inside your body. What does the towel help? If my heart can see my bottom extremities, right, then putting a towel over here, it's, it's looking inside, right, is not going to help. So why is the halakha that the, the, the separation has to be below your heart? When you go to Davin, why do Hasidim wear a gartel? Right? They wear a gartel for the separation between their heart and their erva, an extra, an extra gartel. If you have a belt, you don't need to wear a gartel, right? So, what's going on over here? Your heart can see your erva? Your heart can't see your erva. And uh, it's a long way even somebody else's erva. In other words, there's another guy in the mikvah, seriously, in clear water. So, it, 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 it's fascinating because it talks about that if your whole body is underneath the mikvah, from your shoulders down... You can't make a bracha. But if you're in the mikvah to your waist, right, and the water's not exactly clear, you could make a bracha. Because if the water's separating from your bottom to your top. So what's going on over here? So I was like, my it's hard to understand that your heart can... So it seems to me that this heart can talk and can see. It talks and it sees. What? What? The chasm is different than hearing. It's even bigger than hearing. It's accepting. It's absorbing. Right. It's absorbing. So it seems to be 
I, asked, I happened to have asked the Rav um, this week, well, what, what's going on? And like, I, I hear the halacha, but like, well, how does my heart see, right? So he said, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a metaphor. It's even, it's even more than a metaphor. He says that, that the erva represents the guf, represents the physical world. The heart represents the spiritual world. There has to be a separation when it comes to Kedusha. There has to be a separation. The, the heart has to be above the erva. The heart has to be above the erva. When, you cover, when you're covering from your shoulders down, they're, they're equal. When you make a separation, then it's above. If it's the whole body, it's the same. In the spirit, spirituality, he says, when a person separates them, then in his head, right, he's separating his ruchnius from his, from his gashmius. So that, yeah, a heart sees and a heart speaks. And a person who wants to be a successful Rebbe or successful in anything can only preach something that he does himself. Because the, the neshama that you're talking to has the ability to see that. And that's very, very important. And even though you think, you told the guy this, you told the guy that, and he's listening to you, in the end he won't have the Seattle Deshmaya to do what he has to do. So the, the best way, and, and I just gave a parenting class, and that's why kids don't do what you say, but they do what they see. Because at the end of the day, if Tati doesn't go to shul and he says you have to go to shul, or, or Daddy tells you now to have an iPhone, but he has an iPhone, right? So that doesn't go into their lave. It goes into their head. It doesn't go into their lave. How do you teach someone what to do? You teach someone what to do by example. By example, when you set an example, that goes into the into that person's life. So, what? Right. Well, I, I could never, I could never believe. I know who they are. I used to listen to my father. I said, how could this guy daven like this? He's in Shemayim, and and and, and then and, and then go Yom Kippur and do it on Broadway, like. You know, uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't take it. He right, because he was right, 100%. 100%. I heard again, for the third time this week, from someone very close to Shlomo Kalavach, that, that the reason his music is, he is definitely by far the most sung, Zemiris, Shabbish, uh, Kedusha, Machos, all, all, right? And it stayed in this world. It's not going away. It's 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 a much later generation and Kalbach Minyan, Kalbach Kalbach. And this guy told me I'm an Aedis, I was in his choir. Shlomo Kalbach never in his life listened to a non Jewish song. He said He never listened to a non Jewish song. But he, he knew that he had the power of music and he didn't he knew that if he will if he will listen to other music, it will be Ba'arif, it will be part of his music. And if, it has, if it's part of his music, the whole show that I gave tonight, it won't have a kiyum. It won't exist. It's not, it's not real. In other words, he, he sang Jewish music, but if, he, if he's influenced by non-Jewish music, it won't last. He said, my music was never, um, ne- never had an impure, I never listened to, and not Dylan, not anybody. He said, it all came from my spirituality. So whether you agree with how firm he was or how not from whatever it was, his music was perfect. In other words, I may not be the most perfect guy. And I might talk with Shonara, and I might not, you know, I might do this thing and that, but if the thing that I am bringing to the table, I worked on and I keep, it'll be loyal and void. It'll be loyal and void. It's like, I don't talk, you ever even talk about television all these years? Never talk about television? I want to never talk about television. Talk about iPhones, never talk about television. I don't talk a lot about movies either. 
because I watched my whole life television. Yes, I haven't watched in 17 years, but I watched my whole life television. So I'm not perfected. I'm not perfected in that. And even in movies, I went to movies till also, what, 18 years ago, 19 years ago? So I don't feel outside that you're a little bit desensitized. It doesn't bother you that much because you did it, right? On the other point, I don't talk about it much because I don't, I don't think I'm there. Even though I haven't watched it in a long time, I don't think I'm there. It's not that... To me, you know, so so, person, you have to work on whatever, whatever you whatever you're working on. You have a right to give that over. Anything else is just not going to stick. It's in the other person's heart. It's in the other person's heart. That heart sees. That heart we see. That heart sees. That heart hears. That heart has the class to change other hearts. And we know the heart itself. What does it represent? The heart pumps the blood through the whole body. So if your heart is pure, your whole body is pure. Your heart stops. You're dead. Other organs stop. You got time. You got this. You got that. The heart is the. Uh, but it was very interesting when I was learning this. I was like, wow, because he talks about a lot of stuff in bed. When I'm saying Krishna, in bed, whatever. And it's always about the heart sees the air, but then they have to turn around. The heart sees. Even if, even if you don't see, you close your eyes or you turn around, you still can't because your heart sees. So it, it has a lot to do with with a, a person's lave. And and uh, so the bracha to everyone here is that they should have a pure lave. Um, and you know, as far as what's going on in Eretz Yisrael, we need to daven. I think we need to tell Hashem, listen, if this stops, um, we're not going to stop davening. Saying to Hillim, don't you remember when during the war what was going on? Every Myriv, Shemal was Esaenai, all the three, you know, and we stopped. We got comfortable again. The war stopped, and we stopped, and now we're doing it again. And, and maybe just we have to maybe even call on ourselves. Listen, you don't have to do this stuff. To get us to say to Hillam after davening, to get us to t- accept things on ourselves, and to, you know, we, we become one nation when we're in pain. We have to tell Hashem that we don't need the pain to become one nation. And I think maybe this will stop. I think, you know, that's what happened on Purim. Purim was a terrible, terrible tragedy, but a nation was born from it. Six million Jews in the Holocaust was a terrible, terrible st- time of Qad Israel. But look what, what was born from it. We don't need the pain to get the gain. We're, we're, if everything gets peaceful, everything gets peaceful, everything gets great, we're still going to say Shemalas, we're still going to change things, we're still going to have kinesis, and maybe if we do that, it'll stop, because you know, people, I spoke to people at Israel today, it's not normal that Geula and all these places are empty, and nobody goes out, nobody's going out of their houses. Nobody's going out of their houses. The streets are empty, and that, I mean, that's what these Risham want. The, 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 the tickets to Israel dropped to eight hundred dollars, the tourism stopped. The 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 people in you know I go to this uh, Vasikin Minion every day, and there's usually a hundred people by the Vasikin Minion. I asked him today. He said they almost didn't have a minion by the Kaisal this morning. So they're winning. They're, they're, that's what they, they their main thing is to stop us from living normal, and um, we have to we have to show our Kaisal Baruch that we don't need all this. To bring us together, we don't only this to dive in, to spend the extra minutes saying Shemalas that we could do. We, we will do this without that, and maybe we'll accomplish that. I don't know. You know, I can't give you a reason. Nobody, Hakadosh Baruch knows the reason. It's also the ikus of the Mashiach, where you know, there's a reason to be a little happy. You know, I have to tell you that deep down, the more Russia, Syria, and all this stuff's going on in the world and Iran, deep down in my heart, I'm like a little bit happy because because. 
the Gemara, if you take, you got to take out the Gemara. The Gemara says, Mama, this is going to happen. Exactly what's happening is going to happen, and the door is going to be this door, kids off the derech, and fathers hating their children, and children hating their fathers. Look at the Gemara. And so it's terrible, but Rabbi Akiva, after the destruction of Beis Hamidash, he was walking with the Chachamim, and there was a, there was a fox. And, and everybody was crying, a, a fox. And the Makkah Mamidus, where, where the crying guy walked in, he died on the spot. An animal crawling on the Makkah Mamidus, and he was laughing. And the Gemara said, they said to him, Rabbi Akiva, you're laughing, you should be, you should be ripping your clothing, he said. It's written in the Navi that the, that the, the fox will, you know, go back, go through the base of I think it's in Zechariah. But the same Navi, it says that Mashiach is going to come. So, Baruch Hashem, I'm not happy this is happening, but, but what, what's supposed to happen before Mashiach is happening. So, in a way, as tragic as everything that we're happening, it's like Rabbi Akiva. It's what Hashem said is going to happen before Mashiach. And, and the, the test of Mashiach, the people who are going to make it, and all this farmer brings down, the biggest test will be Amuna. It will look like we're going to lose. It will look like that they were going to win. And it's going to be the biggest test of Amuna that was ever. And the people who believe in Hashem and cling will will be here for the next world. And the people who let go won't. Sukhidah says straight up. She says, What should a person work on before Mashiach in our time, Ikhfa de Mashiach? You work on your Amuna. So I have no question that Yetzirah knows that. And the Sutta knows that. I was just telling you to a rabbi last night by Shabbat The Sutta knows what the Chidot says. That at the end of time, the Jews who have a Muna will, will go to Olam Haba. You know, Olam Haba doesn't mean Ganeid. No, Olam Haba means the new world. And the Jews who let go will be, will be, right? And only one-fifth of our, of the whole nation will be saved. So, what he's attacking... Because he knows that those other people are going to make it. This generation, where is he attacking? Emunah. Everyone's becoming, no one believes in Hashem anymore. The whole attack in the world, right? The whole atheism and Jewish kids telling me, ah, I don't really believe in this and I don't believe, right? His attack is, when we grew up, everyone had Emunah. You, you walked into my class and said, is anyone here an atheist? What are you, crazy? An atheist? Well, we don't know how to spell that, but an atheist? What are you, crazy? Nobody was an atheist. Now that's his thing. He's breaking the Jewish Emunah. Because if that's the test of Mashiach, Mashiach comes, he wants to make sure when he goes down, everybody goes down. So if you don't believe in God, you're an atheist, and you don't believe in Shabbos, and you don't believe in the Torah, and you don't believe in Rabbanim, you don't believe in anything, he's got us. So that's what he's doing, it's crazy. Atheism is so big. Kids go online, that's all they read about. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's his path. So let's tell Akash Baruch Hu that from now on, you don't gotta, you don't gotta hurt, we don't gotta go through any pain. We will, we will, we will daven, we will be close, and Bezrat Hashem, this will be the year that Gemara says, that the year of the Shemitah, at the end of Shemitah there will be war, there is, there's war all over the world right now, um, and that Mashiach Mandavid will come, so, we should all be zayfed to see Mashiach Mandavid. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be in skinny pants, I don't think so. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.